1: The Bruce Woolley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hey, did you see your president yesterday setting an example for you? Rolling up his sleeve, getting... Uh covid booster shot i think it's his third booster their fourth i don't know i lost track uh, but anyway and he's at the white house today uh saying that almost everyone who will die from covid this year will not be up to date on their shots so they're not going to change the narrative. i don't know sometimes i'm grateful to god for how hardline and bullheaded democrats are because wouldn't it have been a much better political strategy for them throughout the almost two years of the Biden administration to say, well, see, uh, Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed brought you the vaccines and these things don't work. No, they've undone every single Trump policy that worked and they've stood behind and continued to stump for every single, which is one thing that Trump had his hands in that was kind of meh. I mean, I don't blame the Trump administration for the vaccines not working. This is why most vaccines take years and years and years to develop, because you have to have clinical trials and you have to have control groups and you have to check every possible side effect. And they didn't do that with COVID because there was an urgency to get it to market. Sometimes mistakes can be made and they can be made not because people intend to make mistakes, but because when you short circuit the process, there's a reason why the process is What the process is. But the Biden administration has curiously decided to stubbornly stick behind all things COVID. And yesterday, uh, in the latest hand slap to a Democrat who doubled down on stupid, the New York State Supreme Court told Governor Kathy Hochul and New York Mayor... Uh, And I can't even remember who. Oh, Eric Adams. Uh, You got to let everybody come back to work and you got to pay them back pay if you fired them because they didn't get the COVID shot. So Hochul had a debate last night with Lee Zeldin, who is a Democrat in New York. You know, like he'd have zero chance of winning, you would think. Instead, Lee Zeldin has a puncher's chance against Hochul. And this isn't going to help her any because in this clip... She talks about how, if given the choice, she would do the COVID mandate, the mask mandate, all over again.
2: You've been an election denier, a climate change denier. You and Donald Trump were the masterful COVID deniers. We are dealing with a real crisis. And the more people get vaccinated, get those shots in arms, and I would do it all over again what I did last year, that mandate for health care workers.
1: I would do it all over again, she said. That mandate for healthcare workers, for hospital workers. She would do it all over again. When people continue to do something stupid, I reflect on it looking for a justification for their continual immersion in their stupidity. Because I don't believe people enjoy being stupid. Like, I think the Democrats want to stay in office. I think they want to maintain power. And I don't think they're so dumb. I do think they're so evil, but I don't think they're so dumb that they're unable to discern which policies are losers for them. So when they endorse a policy like continual COVID freakout, there has to be a reason why they are doing it. It has to be a reason that exceeds the downside of continuing to do it. And for me, the obvious answer is fear is such a useful tool that they feel like down the road, they either have some kind of end game that they haven't disclosed yet or they haven't hinted at yet, but they have some kind of an end game that they feel like this fear mongering will continue to serve them, even though their vaccine mandates and their insistence on getting vaccinated and hey, kids, get vaccinated and the CDC. Hey, kids, you got to get vaccinated if you want to go to school. Now, if you're a you're a parent in New York state and you've got a governor like that. That state's not going to stand in the way of New York public schools saying, hey, the covid shot. Which they call a vaccine, that's really a shot. The COVID shot is on the schedule of vaccines like me measles, mumps, and you gotta get that shot if you're gonna go to school. You know New York's gonna do that. I suspect they will. California's gonna do that. New yep. Jersey's gonna do that. Yeah. And if you're a parent in the state of New York and you do not want your kid to get the COVID shot because the risk of myocarditis, and by the way, I found like three headlines yesterday, three three fresh headlines, mysterious, oh, 20-year-old this, 30-year-old that, drop dead. Mm. And the risk of myocarditis is every bit as high or higher than the risk of dying from COVID in kids. Why is it that the phrase, my body, my choice, doesn't apply to this example? Because that would be a consistent truth position, and that's not a Democratic <laughs> position. They're about convenience, and they're uh, about bending words, words always rinder, bending words. Good. Yes, they are always about bending words to their advantage. Now, Lee Zeldin, the reason why he is running a very tight race with Kathy Hochul is because he makes a very pronounced, purposeful, smart case— for what's wrong with her governorship of New York and what he would fix. Here's his closing argument.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the reality is, and I've been asking for months, and my opponent still can't finish this sentence. You can't expect her to ever fix it. But New York leads the entire nation in population loss because... She actually got asked this question by the media a few weeks ago when she was at Binghamton Airport. She probably would love to have a redo because she messed it up that time. For me, you ask me, why does New York lead the entire nation in population loss? Because their wallets, their safety, their freedom, and their quality of their kids' education are under attack. So they're hitting their breaking point. They're looking at other states like the Carolinas, Tennessee, Texas, Florida, and elsewhere, and they feel like their money will go further, they'll feel safer, and they'll live life freer. The state is at a crossroads. We were at a crossroads in 1994 when New York elected George Pataki, and we're at a crossroads right now. But as far as what happens with Kathy Hochul and one-party rule for four more years, outsized power of self-described socialists, we need balance and common sense restored to Albany.
1: Uh, Yes. Here, uh, I think I managed to find uh, where Kathy Hochul was asked about uh, why people are leaving the state of New York. And of course, now that I say I found it, the uh, computer's not going to let me page down to it. But... She is running for the governor's office the first time she's had to run because, of course, she was given the job when Andrew Cuomo uh, was chased out of office. Not because he killed a bunch of elderly people who had COVID and he put them in nursing homes together where they could congregate and spread their germs. No, he was killed for grabbing tushes and other parts of uh, females in his employ. Uh, let's see if this plays from Instagram. Kathy Hochul asks why why New York leads the nation in population exit. What is your reasoning from a factual perspective? Why do you think people are leaving New York?
2: I will tell you as the first upstate governor in 100 years, I lived through this. I lived in decline when major industries uh, rolled up and left. This was the 70s, 80s. I am seeing a turnaround in the number of jobs being created. So you create the jobs, you give people reasons to stay, and also our educational institutions here are world class. What's happening at Binghamton University? But data-wise,
1: people are leaving. Why do you think that's so?
2: Um, there's going to be a different trend when we continue to make the investments in the jobs that draw people here. For a long <laughs> time, there were no jobs to come to. Of course you would leave. What? There. Now the jobs are coming. We're investing in, it's, in not just... Uh, battery storage, but also our opportunity for chips. I mean, we have major money on the table to attract global manufacturers of the semiconductor industry, which we think is
1: going to be another catalyst. But effect. that's years down the road. I, I, I talked to a young woman yesterday who's moving to Portland because she finds nothing here in the city of Binghamton. Why do you think people people are leaving right I, now?
2: I think everybody has their own personal reasons that you mentioned that situation. But well, my responsibility as governors
1: Make sure there are jobs, people live here, people want to come here. So she doesn't have a reason. She doesn't have a reason. Uh, by the way, a big Amazon deal that AOC nixed might have brought some more jobs to New York. Has there been a, a lack of jobs in New York? Seems to me, uh, Wall Street, every time I've been to New York, seemed like a lot of people walking to work. There were 3,000 people in the towers who were working when the planes hit the towers, more than 3,000. 3,000 died. I mean, what a nonsense answer. Why are people leaving New York? Well, because, you know, we're, we're getting jobs. We're bringing jobs here. No, that would be why people come to New York. She doesn't have an answer. Which, of course, she doesn't have an answer. She's a Democrat. No Democrats have answers. At least answers that are solutions. They have answers. They're wrong answers. And we'll run through some more of them from last night's debates next. It's a bit of a weird experience when you are uh, browsing the internet, doing show prep and break, and you see something quoted, and you go, "That's exactly what I said," and then you look above it, and and it's you they're quoting. That's a that's a freaky situation. I was quoted in a Fox News story out there now about uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, the glass ceiling breaking press secretary, who uh, has an annoyingly revealing habit regarding her incompetence for the position she holds of reading long stretches of commentary from some kind of a briefing book she's given. The thing, I mean, it's as big as a spare tire, this thing she brings out there with her and BAMS it on the table, and then she leafs through it while she's stalling, 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 because she can't converse off the top of her head on any topic that she's asked about, The White House press corps. And one of the topics she was asked about from the White House press corps yesterday are reports coming out of Georgia (laughs) that early voting in Georgia has increased 63% over the 2018 midterm elections. You compare it to the 2018 midterm elections because this is a midterm election. You would not want to compare it to a presidential election, but the 63% increase in voting, early voting in Georgia. Means that early voting in Georgia is on par with early voting for a presidential election. Now, that is unprecedented, and particularly so in Georgia, because if you recall, after the 2020 presidential election, when there were all kinds of questions about Georgia, Georgia's state house enacted voter reform. They wanted to make sure that everybody who voted was an authentically eligible citizen of the state of Georgia. And of course, Stacey Abrams, the professional loser of a gubernatorial candidate in Georgia, ramped up attacks because this was voter suppression, right? Well, she wasn't alone. uh, Joe Biden, remember, he said it was not Jim Crow, it was Jim Eagle. Follow the logic. An eagle is bigger than a crow. So the president thought he was being cute when he said it was Jim Eagle. And everybody went, yeah, that's a really bad dad joke. And it was. Well, it would seem to me and to any sane person out there, which means no Democrats, that if early voting is up 63%, that the whole fall to roll about Georgia voter suppression was a lie, which we knew at the time. But Coca-Cola fell for it. Delta fell for it. Major League Baseball fell for it. Remember, they took the All-Star game out of Atlanta. In 2019, they moved it because, oh, it's racist, voter suppression. Well, good for all you minorities in Georgia that you're able to get an ID. I don't even know if you need one, but I'm going to presume you need one. Get an ID and make your way to vote despite the Jim Eagle law that Georgia enacted. So yesterday, at the White House, Corinne Jean-Pierre, while she wasn't breaking glass ceilings with her gayness and her blackness, was asked a question about, hey, voting in Georgia is off the hook, man. And you are the spokesperson for a president who said that the voter... I.D. laws and the voter laws in Georgia were were Jim Eagle. Uh, Can you please reconcile that for us? Ne'er do well's in the press corps.
2: Speaking generally, of course, more broadly, uh, of course, uh, high turnout and voter suppression can take place at the same time. They don't have to be uh, one doesn't have to happen on its own. They could be happening at
1: the same time. High voter turnout and voter suppression can happen at the same time. Well, uh, by connection, I suppose you can uh, starve to death and be uh, stuffed to the gills at the same time. I guess I don't know. Uh, you can die from thirst while drowning at the same time. I I don't know. Voter suppression and high voter turnout would be to me incompatible results. Uh, so I tweeted, uh, she should stick to what other people write for her to read from her briefing book that way she can blame others when saying something this stupid. Uh, other responses <laughs> other responses on Twitter uh, and this is exactly it. The Federalist David Harsani said that the common leftist narrative of voter suppression is unfalsifiable by design. Voter suppression can never be disproven. So you can have record voter turnout and you can say, "Yeah, but there would have been more if there hadn't been voter suppression." It is a disprovable lie, a disprovable lie. But of course yesterday was the day July, if you were a Democrat. Here is Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Remember Gretchen Whitmer when she would not let you go down certain aisles in stores? You couldn't buy seeds because if you bought seeds, you might go outside and garden. And if you went outside and garden, then COVID would proliferate all over Michigan and everyone would drop dead. And she kept the schools closed for Two years. Well, in hindsight, Gretchen Whitmer Whitmer remembers it a little differently. Governor, you've been in office for four years now. Harry Truman said
0: the buck stops at your desk. You've had four years to try to fix education in this state. Why is it not where you would want it to go at least four years ago where you said you wanted to go?
2: We've also had some historic challenges over the last few years, I think, to put it lightly. You know, Mrs. Dixon says that I kept students out longer than any other state. That's just not true. I worked closely with my Republican and Democratic governors, and kids were out for three months.
1: Three months. Three months, she said. They were out for three months. We'll give her the benefit of the doubt. March, April, May 2021. She kept them closed. Or tried to keep them closed in 2020. She kept them closed in 2021. I mean, she's just a liar. Well, of course she is. But they were learning online. Yeah, they were learning online. Yeah. According to her. Well, uh, here's uh, Dr. Jha, the White House COVID coordinator, yesterday at the podium. You think uh, Gretchen Whitmer, Kathy Hochul, Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, uh, Phil Miller, New Jersey? You think all the Democrats kept schools closed? No, 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 no. You remember falsely.
3: I think there are many of us in the public health community who are arguing for in-person education (laughs) as safe, doable, really useful (laughs) for children. Um, there is not one single view, but I think there is no question about it. Uh, many of us believed from relatively early in the pandemic that um, that it was really important for kids to have in-person education.
2: He wasn't speaking at the time. It was Fauci that was yeah. the it, mouthpiece I at mean, the
1: time. He believed it. He was locked in a cave, so he couldn't yeah, get out. He believed right. it. Rochelle Walensky gotcha. believed it. Francis Collins believed it. Peter wow. Daszak believed it. Randy Weingarten believed it. All, they all say You know, we all believed it. We didn't advocate for it. See, this is the way they lie. Oh, we believed it. We knew. We knew in-person education would be better. We always believed it. Did you execute it? Did you fight for it? Did you advocate for it? Did you cheerlead for it? Well, no, we didn't. Quite the contrary. We kept kids locked up at home. Unbelievable. When people lie to you, they reveal their character. Or in the case of these people, their lack of character.